2: Hey, what's going on guys? Thank you so much for listening to the No Bad Dogs podcast. It's the award-winning top charting. We're the number one dog training podcast in the country right now. Thank you so much for all the loyal listeners and avid listeners. You guys are the best. Uh, This is a great podcast with a client that I've already worked with. So this is great context for I think dog owners and dog trainers that when you're working with a, you know, I've said this before, it's not dogs by Tom, right? It's people by Tom. It's it's, it's not when you get your dog trained or you spend money on dog training, it's not a forever fix. It's not a one-and-done thing. This is the dog named Bergita. It's a German Shepherd. I can link the description. How do I say that? I can link her video in the description below. This is the dog that worked with a trainer who refused to correct the behavior she was trying to eliminate, which ultimately costed them over a year of the dog's life and training and a lot of money and a lot of frustration. This is the dog that was encouraged to run away and run in between cars when the dog started to react. She came in with two different leashes, a harness. It was a freaking disaster. But she reports that uh, they came in for that leash reactivity and the dog is doing fantastic. They can go to Central Park. They live in Manhattan. They can go to Central Park and do all the things that they couldn't do before. So that is going good. But now other things are happening. She is, um, they have another house that they got in upstate that she's now becoming a little reactive to, and they're trying to figure out how to work with that. So these are things that may evolve and may change as the dogs progress and the dogs mature. This is a younger dog that's starting to mature and their environments are starting to change. So we're working on different things. So different problems. It's 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 not a textbook to always, hey, we correct the problem and then it's gone. There's the problem that they were having is now a lot better. She literally couldn't walk anywhere with her dog. At all. And when she did, she had to run in between cars using two different leashes. It was a disaster. Now she can go to one of the biggest parks in the country and walk her dog around other dogs completely and utterly fine. So that's going great. So, this is a great podcast talking about leash reactivity in a car. How do we correct a dog in a car? How should we, uh, as well as fence reactivity to now a new environment with the Amazon drivers and people walking by? And so we get this question a lot about my dog reacting in a car. And this is a good opportunity for you guys to learn some stuff about a uh, German Shepherd. And don't forget at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering... Three of your dog training questions, and make sure if you guys like this podcast and it's something that you enjoy. I do this absolutely for free right now. My baby is downstairs, and I'm up here talking to you guys. Does it make me a bad dad? No, <laughs> it makes me a busy dad. I love my kid. It's been fun. It's been exciting. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm putting this together for you guys for free. Um, the absolute only thing I would ask for you guys is go and leave a review. And with that being said, we're also. Answering three of your dog training questions at the end of the podcast. Wow, it's a lot. UK, London, I am coming next month. I am so excited to come back over to the UK and do my seminar with you guys for the weekend. Link is in the description below as well as all my new courses that we just put out to help you and your dogs. Anyway, all that stuff's in the below. Listen to the end. Let's get into it. How are you guys doing? Uh,
1: we're doing okay. Brigida not so good.
2: Okay. Talk to me.
1: That's why we're talking to you. Okay, go ahead. She, um, she's very uh, territorial. I, I don't know if that's the proper term, but um, she's awful when we have people in the apartment. She's awful. We have a little house upstate. She's awful up there, and she's horrible in the yard. If anybody, I mean, nobody would come in the yard, but even if they come near the yard, she jumps at the fencing, which we had made taller, so it's four foot high. And then very recently, she jumped over the fence to try to attack the uh, Amazon delivery man. Then a couple days later, uh, it was quiet in the morning. Nobody was out. I said, oh, she won't want to jump the fence because there's nothing nothing going on. And she looked at the fence, and she didn't listen to me, and she jumped over just to go for a run in the neighborhood. So um, we're kind of losing control here.
2: Okay. So... Um, is is a lot of the problems you're having with her right now in the in the in the yard? Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Well, I think well in the yard. What I've been doing now is just keeping her on a, a 25 foot long leash. Yeah, so she can't get anywhere. Um, but it's really, I think, maybe worse um, having visitors over. I put her in another room, even if she knows the person, even if we. Say with Noah's um, son-in-law, his, his son, uh, my stepson, I'll meet him and his puppy and we'll go for a walk together and then they'll come back with us. Everything seems fine, but I still keep her on leash because I don't quite trust her. Mm-hmm. And then we can be sitting around and if the puppy moves unexpectedly or Jason gets up, um, she, you know, loses it again. Um, even though she's been sitting near them for you know half an hour uh, mm-hmm. she just I, I don't know what to how to handle it okay i don't I don't trust her
2: okay um so let let's let's narrow things down a little bit uh, so what right now what would be your can we can we get like let we'll start with like two big problems because a lot of the things that we're gonna be talking about like when you guys came up for training, it's kind of an accumulation with a couple pop problems that you can solve right so relationship the equipment all that stuff that we've talked about so let's talk about two things what are what are like the two big things that are happening that you're struggling with
1: well visitor I mean it's not even visitors just it's anybody except us um, well if, if we're walking I've got to have to preface that with if we're walking in the park and it's not her territory she's fine she doesn't bother anybody she's now because of your course that we took she's great with other dogs in central park she wants to say hello to all of them every all that is great but if she if she's doesn't know the person uh, well almost anybody comes in our apartment she she's horrible so i i the easiest thing is just to put her in another room and, um, and in terms of the yard, I feel badly because she used to love to run around the yard. I used to play frisbee. I used to play ball with her in the yard. And now I'm afraid because I, you know, she'll jump the fence someplace and maybe she'll bite somebody. I don't know. I mean, she hasn't yet, but yeah, it happened. Well,
2: it sounds like she's just getting more protective over the house for some reason.
3: Well, several things. she is doing that, but let's like, put in the car. And we stop with a red light, and somebody pulls up next another car. She grows
1: eight Okay. It's wild. Yeah, I mean
2: the car could rock from the way she's behaving. So, so the behavior is going to be the same, whether it's in the whether it's in the car or at the at the house. Is she's getting more like protective over things. So it it doesn't necessarily. It, it could be it could be something that's hers, right? So if you're Because if if you change the variables, right, if you go out with her and she's great out in Central Park and she doesn't have a problem, and then all of a sudden you go into the car, she has a problem, and then all of a sudden you go into your yard and she has a problem, it's environmental, it's very situational in the environments, which means it's not her, it's, it's the, well, it's her, but it's the environment that she's in. Right. So, okay. So we'll talk about those environments now in the car is the easy thing. So when, you know, with her, because she's a German shepherd and she's noisy and, you know, maybe protective, maybe whatever, we're not really sure exactly why, but she's an opportunistic anyway. She's, you know, Hey, I'm going to sound off. And so when she's doing that in the car, my recommendation is to correct her When she's doing that and tell her to leave it just like we did on the leash when you came in remember she was so reactive to dogs and and then we 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 very simply isolated hey that's an appropriate leave it correction and then we worked on healing and so you 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 have to kind of stretch it out over other environments too and just the leave it and then the enforcing correction can be applied under any circumstances however off leash, it's harder if you're if she's not off leash trained, and that's where off leash training then comes into play. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I would say, and what I mean by off leash work, like traditionally, what we would what what my program does and and my camp does is we do a lot of like remote collar work. It's a whole different process. It's a whole new training. Uh, It's something that you guys aren't set up for yet. But what I would suggest is when you're in the, what I would do is when you're in the car, it's, it's not necessarily like, oh, we're on this street. I'm going to react here. I'm not going to react here. She's in a confined space. She can yell and scream and bark as much as she want without somebody actually, you know, doing anything about it. Right. So she's just talking. Same thing at the fence. Right. So Amazon dr- driver comes by, you know, the Amazon driver is not going to come up, and smack her upside the head and say, Hey, quit the crap. Right. And and nobody that she's barking out on the streets are going to come over and say, knock it off Brigitte. Right. So she's just doing it. So your job is to assertively say, Hey, that's inappropriate. But when you're in these environments, it's different because when she's on the leash and she's got the prong collar on or whatever she's using, right. She gets she, – and we've already gone through that with her. She's like, hey, I think I should be suspicious of this. Or, 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 Correction, leave it. Now she's great. So you just have to apply the same things. You just have to kind of get – you have to get a little creative on how you're going to do that. So I would park the car anywhere in New York City because it's always going to be t- t- stuff going on around you. I'd sit in the back seat, and I would work on the same thing. It's the same template is you're in the back seat, and she's, she starts to – Brigitte, leave it, and then enforce it. Hey, knock it off. Seriously, you can't do that. So as she starts to build, and by building, I mean growling, turning into barking. Right. Right. So she, Brigitte, leave it. And if she doesn't, enforce it immediately with a correction. So getting corrected, or we could call it this, having accountability in the car is something that she hasn't really seen before. You're kind of you know yelling at her in the back seat or hollering at her whatever, and that's I what. Tried, yeah, I tried.
1: Um, I had a, a, a can that sprays air, yep. and that didn't help. And then we yep. got some gizmo that that had a sound and like yep. it startled her the first time, and after that nothing.
2: Totally, and so. and that's where you just you you have to switch gears. And you say, okay, that's not working. That's not working. You know the prong is successful for her. You know she responds well to it. I would I would go park, your, get in the car, park it in a busy place, get in the back seat. Brigitte, leave it, pop. Leave it, pop, okay. and let her know. So she's going to start to build... Give her an opportunity. Leave it pop. Remember, we worked on the pop, not pulling. So you got to make sure that the correction is is there. You're not trying to drag her out of the car. You're not trying to hurt her. You're not trying to... You're just trying to discourage it. She starts to build. Nope. And you bring her back down. And then when she does good, good leave it. And then you get her out of the car, walk her up the street, come back, get her back in. And reset it and constantly do that. That's what I would do. Okay. Now as... Yeah. As far as the yard, so there's a couple different things with the yard. Um, I want you to give me a little bit more context, though, um, because I know we're talking about two different houses. We're talking about New York City, and we're talking about upstate. Where are you seeing the problem?
3: Both places. Well,
1: in terms of the yard, um, it's like a third of an acre, and in the front of the house on the street side, it's a a dead-end dirt road. Um, If a neighbor walks by or a delivery person comes, she blasts at the fence. But she also does it on both sides of the house. If one of the neighbors is walking in their yard, you know, she'll jump the fence. And, in fact, one of the men um, said, I'm waiting for her to jump the fence. And I thought, oh, God, good thing he doesn't know she did it already. Um, But I I haven't let her off leash since that, that You
2: know, incident
1: where she jumped the second time. Okay. so I feel bad because she doesn't get the exercise.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I understand. So my recommendation is a couple different things. So let's look at this as a whole picture here. We have a dog that really isn't aggressive by nature, but is definitely reactive. We're barking, we're lunging, we could look mean, but we're really not by nature. We're not a mean dog. We're not going to go attack anybody. We may jump the fence, run after somebody and scare the crap out of them, but we're not going to, you know, try to kill them. Right. And and that's pretty common for dogs. They, yeah. they, they get behind a threshold and she's always had threshold reactivity, meaning you hold her back. She gets reactive. That was the first thing you came in for was least reactivity. I mean, you tried so many things and finally we got it narrowed down and now things are good on the leash. Now you just have to kind of, again, I'll talk about creativity because it's, it's not, it's not necessarily a one size fits all and a one style fits all, but the same principles are still going to be copy and pasted is when she's, React, and this is speaking for Bergita's behavior, when she's reacting the way that she is, she's not coming from a place of uh, neurological problems, retardation, terrible breeding, uh, really mean, really, really insecure, really fearful. She's just kind of reacting. She sees somebody and she's like, rah, rah, you know, so what I would do, if, two things I would do immediately. And go into that front yard with your leash set up, just a regular training leash set up with the prong collar and maybe, you know, put up a tent, get a chair, hang out. And you just start working on these, these different things, especially if you know, it's going to be a busier time and it would be very similar things is you would say, leave it and then correct. Same thing we would do in the car. Same thing that we would do for a dog that has reactivity to like cars, I've had certain dogs that are reactive to trucks and cars when they walk by, and we'd go up down to the road with with some sort of collar that's going to hold her accountable for her reactivity. And she barks, and we say, leave it, and we correct her for barking. Leave it, correct her for barking. The car passes. She looks. Yes, good, leave it. Bang, you pay her. And so it would be very similar behavior. Um... But there's two, there's two other big things that's going to go into play here that you could also do. Is when you do let her out, y- you could also be working on recall. So you'd get your long line out like you already have. She goes to the front gate. Don't wait for there to be a problem. You have to start working that muscle. Brigitte come. And if she doesn't, pop. She comes sprinting back to you. Good, calm. Sit, pay her. break. Let her go back to the fence. to come? Yes, good. You have to start flexing these muscles that you're going to use during game time. Okay? So because the Amazon driver isn't there and the neighbors aren't walking by, that's not game time. It's practice mode. She gets to the fence. She's kind of walking around. to come? Yes, good, come. So you're starting to work that muscle of, of obedience. What type of obedience are we going to use to... Set her up for success because we don't always want to use compulsion and corrections. Um, there's going to be times where you have no choice, like in a car. What are you going to do? You can't recall her. She's just six inches from you. So, you know, there's going to be times where you see the. F- so here's an ideal world Amazon driver starts going around. She starts to get suspicious. She jumps up, Brigitte, come. And then she comes to you. Breathe it down. Stay. You go and you take the package. Now I know that that may seem a little far fetched for you at this point, but
0: that—that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would honestly like be focusing on is giving her an alternative task when such distraction comes about, but in a very short. Amazon driver's there. Brigida. come. She doesn't because she's too distracted. She's like, I'll handle this. Don't worry. There's a truck here. Correction. And she may take a couple pops for her to really, okay, fine. She gets back to you and you say, sit and stay. And you, you know, give her your hand, stay. And you start walking backwards. Stay, Brigida. Right? You take the package from the guy. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Those are the types of things that I would be doing. So my point is, is you're going to be blending in Corrections and rewards simply for barking, but also blending in obedience to get her to do something alternatively to make it less stressful for you guys. But the corrections aren't going to take practice necessarily of her understanding. She's already at that point. But the obedience I'm speaking about, you should be flexing that muscle before it's game time. Work on your recalls with nobody around, work on your stays with nobody around throw out an outside cot or whatever if you're training work on your place work on your stay work on going up to the gate opening the gate walking out of the gate coming back in and really start to work in these environments that she's having a hard time engaging on you with and then yeah of course yeah i would say ultimately um what i would suggest for you to do is some sort of remote collar training which again is like that wireless ability to control so instead of putting her on a long line telling her to come and then correcting her on a prong collar when she decides to say no i'm not doing anything you want there's an amazon driver here the prong collar is just that wireless ability to do that so you don't have to move um but that's again that's that's something we don't really necessarily do on the phone i i would we would need to do it in person but that's down the road but those are the things that I would be working on as I would be working on proactive, let's call it proactive obedience of this is the obedience I'm going to apply when the distraction happens. And for some people, it's, we just got a six month old golden retriever puppy and they're and it's jumping all over the kids when they come in the gate from school. Same thing. It's a Fido come down, stay. You, but you'd have to work in increments to get to that realistic training point you're not going to be able to recall her and put her into a downstay when the amazon driver's packing up packages outside of your house you have to work on that until that point
1: so but so meanwhile if I'm working with her on downstay or whatever I, I, I must have to have her on a, a, a lead just in case I mean i, yes. I, I don't,
2: Want to advance on her, yeah. Yeah, the leash is so the so, leash, yeah. The leash is your communication and accountability, um, right now, and that's totally normal to go through that process of just keeping her on the line. And sometimes, like when you're doing the recalls, it's going to be a long line, so the long line is not taut but it's not tangled up, it's going to her and her prong. She sees somebody, she gets perked up.
1: So but the, on with
2: that. Yep, because you're so I, when, I
1: wouldn't
2: have thought to Well, yeah. So the prong collar in the leash setup that I'm talking about right now is when you're in active training. When you're okay. actively have your hand on that leash and you're watching her behavior and you're working with her, the prong collar could okay. be on in that scenario. If you're okay. just letting her out front to run around and be a dog, it would come off. Um and and the reality is is you're never gonna know really when somebody's gonna pull up. So if she doesn't have the prong collar on, it's okay. It's just the prong collar is going to give you a, a nicer correction. That's, that's a little bit more attention getting than the flat collar. But, um, but yeah, you, but I would work on, it's an incremental thing. So I'll just, I want, I want to talk it out again. She's in your front yard. You have a 20 foot long line on. She has her Hermspringer Springer prong collar on right behind her ears. Nice and relaxed. She's going and you're just good. Go, go, go on. Brigitte, go on. You know, just let her be a dog. And you're kind of following her <clears throat> and you're letting the, the long line nice and loose. And when she goes, you go. When she goes, you go. Brigitte, come. You have your treat pouch on. Brigitte, come. She turns and she sprints to you. Yes, you back up. Good, come. You pay her. Okay, break. You break her out. And then if she doesn't respond, Brigitte, come. She's like, yeah, but the f- I'm sniffing over here. Pop. So it's an immediate accountability and the accountability at that, at that point hasn't happened yet for you guys because you haven't been using the corrections, um, appropriately. And that was one of your biggest problems. When you came in, you, you worked with another trainer and you worked on training in general for over a year without punishing the dog for the behavior you were trying to discourage. And as soon as we started telling her it was inappropriate, you, you moved really quick. It was like, Oh, right. So I think right now, what I would do is get her on the long line and just do it for three to five recalls and then put her up three to five recalls and put her up. But at this point, I think it would be to come. She's like, nope, I'm, I'm reacting. You p- try not to get worked up. That's, that's one dog owner's problem is let's say you have 30 feet between your front door and your front of your fence and the Amazon driver, the distractions are there. Don't put your back up against your your front door and say, Birgitta, come, because you have no leverage to, to start walking backwards and drawing her into you. I would go 15 feet of your house out, just to make it easy. That's half of your yard. She gets to the fence. Birgitta, come, and you start drawing her back, and she looks at you, and you're sucking her back in. She gets close to you. You put your shoulders up. You say, Birgitta, sit stay and you work on the sit you work on the stay and you work on the recall and as your stay gets good realistically obedience is obedience i want you to stay regardless of you know the 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 circus coming to town across the street you should be able to stay no matter what but those are really basic things that you can work on kind of exclusively from the reactivity okay sounds
1: good now what about in terms of of say the in, inside the apartment or the house when she, mm. she's bad with people that she should know by now Yeah, um, I don't, I don't.
2: do you feel like she's good with them outside of the house and then when you go in it changes
1: yeah I guess because I, I mean we've gone for long walks with, with Jason and his wife and um, and she's fine um, and his wife is afraid of Brigida, um, and she still doesn't. Brigida doesn't react to Carolee until we sit down in here, and okay. and, uh, and then she she seems fine. But you know, she'll out of nowhere jump up because somebody moved and yeah. sure stood up or something. Totally.
2: So I'll explain what I think is happening. So oftentimes, and I talk, I've talked about this before, where this will happen, right? So let's have, let's say, okay, we got we got my kids over. We got son and daughter over, whatever, just to make it easy. My son comes over. She knows my son. We're great. My daughter comes over. She knows my daughter. We're great. We're hanging out outside. Good to see you, Brigitte. She's excited. You go inside. And then, but she's the type of dog that's a little suspicious. She's the type of dog that doesn't really like change, right? And so you're all sitting down and we're good. Everything's great. We're good. And then all of a sudden your daughter gets up and then Brigitte goes, What are you doing? And then you're and then you're all scratching your head like what the heck just yeah. happened? You've she's been here the whole time. You know her. You've met her plenty of times. You didn't have a problem. And now all of a sudden you're barking at her. What's the problem? And it confuses the crap out of people. But in my experience, what I think generally happens in those scenarios is, is the dog gets comfortable with the picture that it is. So we have son here, daughter here, mom and dad here, whatever, whatever the scenario is, we're good with, I'm seeing this, I'm comfortable with this, this environment in this picture is, is stagnant. It's not changing. So I'm okay with this picture. And then the moment somebody stands straight up and starts walking away, it changes. And so I think that dog owners typically take it personal where they're like, oh, you don't like my daughter all of a sudden, what's going on? It's not that anybody could have stood up. It's, it's the fact that when you get a dog, that's a little suspicious or with you guys, she's always going to be good with because she's around you every day. But when you get a new person, she may be fine and a little, a little apprehensive, but not really bad. And then she's like, okay, I trust you guys here on this couch, in this room, in this environment. And then they get up. That's when everything changes. She's like, oh, wait a minute. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So that's typically what happens. And, and I and I would say I'm 99% sure that's what's happening with Brigida as well, because I, I know her, which is an advantage I don't usually get when we talk on the phone. But I would say what you have to do, and it may seem a little silly, but you have to start again, I talk about flexing of, of like working that environment. So you say, okay, Hey guys, you guys want to help me with this? Cause you know, Burkita is great with you here. It's going to sound really weird, but as soon as you guys get up to go do something or go to the bathroom or do whatever, she's going to like get, she's going to get barky. And it's because she just doesn't, she, she doesn't like the change. So what I would do is I would say, and again, I'm just talking out loud to make it easy. I would say, Hey Brian, stand up and then sit down like four or five times. And then so you're all sitting there, maybe Brigitte is in a down state. And this is where you got to do two things. Flex the muscle she's having problems with kind of like a masseuse, right? Like this is this is the pain. This is the problem right here. This is an isolated trigger pinpointed right here. This is where it hurts when you touch it. That's the problem. When you get up, she reacts. That's our problem. Let's work that out. Let's work that muscle out. So, so again, we'd have her we'd have to we have to hold her accountability or I'm sorry, we have to hold her accountable as well to teach her through these problems. So we have her training equipment on, whatever you feel comfortable with using inside. And she doesn't necessarily have to be in a downstay because that could make her a little bit more vulnerable. She could just be kind of doing whatever she wants to do. All right, Brian, get up. Brian stands up. Oh, correction. Leave it. Leave it. Oh, all right, Brian, sit back down. Okay, Brian, get up. Leave it okay, Brian, get up. Yes. Good. Leave it. Good girl. And you start flexing that problem out over and over again. It's, you could call it desensitization. You could call it many things, but for me, I've heard that so many times. And because the dog isn't like really mad at that person or aggressive with that person, it's the only thing that's really, what's changed. The only thing that changed is the, what they were doing. So whatever they're doing, and then same thing, you get that, you get your, You know, the other person that's there, do the same thing, get up, walk away, get up, walk away and just randomize it. And over time, and and again, I, I don't want you to feel like you have to work your guests when they come over. But if you just did that, you know, like, a couple times then then I think that's that's what it's going to be she sees it over and over again and that's what happens but I think if you all come in you sit down everybody has a cup of coffee you're hanging out for half an hour 45 minutes and somebody gets up to go to the bathroom and you guys are like what the heck just be like hey she gets weird when you change the picture so we want to just change the picture as often as we can for the first 20 minutes And I know it's silly and whatever, but just get up, get down, get up, get down, go to the kitchen, come back and, and just do that. And I, you know, I never promise anything, but I can almost promise you that if you did that for 10, 15 minutes, by the last time that person got up, you won't have any reactivity.
1: And so you should do that with every different person that
2: comes in. I don't know. I I think for her, if she understands that the picture is going to change and it's okay, it might you might only have to do it with the first group ever that changes the picture. But I, you know, it, you just got to play it And if she does, I think I think it's going to be discretionary. If she does, if she does bark, just say, okay, we got to work on this for a second. Can you sit back down? Okay, can you get back up? Can you walk over there? Can you sit back down? Just say, "Look, she she just needs to see you do something a couple times for her to feel comfortable because she's in she isn't she's policing right now. She is she's trying to control everything, and you know we're working on that. And again, obedience. Brigida, place down, stay. She's going to be less likely to maybe make mistakes if she has a job. So if somebody stands up, row, row, leave it. Correction. Brigida, go to your place. You know, clock in, go to work, down, stay."
1: Another issue I have is, um, if I'm practicing uh, um, heel, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the apartment, in the hallway while I'm waiting for the elevator, which I do every time I'm waiting for the elevator to take her out, mm-hmm. she's perfect. You know, she walks with me, she stops when I stop, she's perfect. We get outside and she's terrified of traffic, she's terrified of the scaffolding that we have to walk under. Yeah. And... She just wants to get someplace, preferably home, but it, even if she gets to the park, she's, she get, she's happy as soon as we cross the street into the park. Because that's, that's
2: like her safe place?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to the vet. Um, we have to walk five blocks to the vet. She She's terrified the whole way. She can't wait to get into the vet's office, which she never really liked, but she just wants to get in away from traffic. And, you know, I, I try using the, the pop, I try using um, uh, treats, uh, I, I tried, I, I watched one of your videos the other day where you have the person sort of walk into the dog to make them um, yep. you know, sort of go to the dog. and I, I do that, I, I have to zigzag up the whole block, and she never stops, I mean, she's just so scared. And I'm I don't know what else to do besides using the leash corrections and the, and the you know, trying to to bumper aside yeah. to get after
2: that. Well, I you know, there there's a again, there's like a you know, the working with a dog it, it can change very quickly and your I don't wanna say your philosophy, but like your your techniques can change and evolve. Like you're like, Okay, I gotta do this different, I gotta do that. So one minute you need to be like, I need you at my heel. And then the next minute, you may realize, okay, that's just not uh, appropriate at this particular time. Break, just walk through. So one minute you may be like, "I want you to to walk nicely on my left side." The other minute, you may say, "Hey, I just want you to walk and not freak out." And if you want to slide over here because you're nervous, that's okay. You want to slide over here because you're nervous, that's okay. If you want to pull just a little bit to get out of this situation, that's okay. But I, but I, but my my point is, is I would I would recommend just tr- so here's what you want to do. Okay, let's say I'm envisioning Manhattan, right? Let's say you, you, you're walking under this scaffolding, they're working on the building like they do for whatever reason, nonstop to down there. And there's cones and there's sirens and there's things going on. What you want to do is just <clears throat> grab the leash, put your shoulder straight and, and act like you're taking out the trash like you just got this thing in your hand and you're just on a mission to go bring it somewhere you're moving forward you're just you're not necessarily heal and leave it and it's okay you're just saying with your body with intention with momentum we're cruising let's go and so uh, so it seems simple but oftentimes what ends up happening is you start walking towards an environment maybe the dog is a little suspicious of or, or afraid of, and they start putting on the brakes. And then what happens is, is the dog goes, I don't know about this. And then we we stop, mistake one. We turn around, mistake two. We start talking, mistake three. What's the matter? It's okay. Come on. You've done this before. What are you doing? And so, in and in that's the first, like, let's say that's the first road, right? Because especially like an insecure dog, you know, they're like, Oh, I don't know about and But you need to just, just understand living in an environment, especially Manhattan or any big city, your dog is going to be somewhat suspicious of new things. That's her. That's kind of her M.O. She's like, some other dogs could care less. They'll try to climb the freaking scaffolding and, and whatever. But I think you just have to move her forward And then once you get out of that little fear period, you can stop. Brigitte, sit. Good sit, reset. Brigitte, heal and do a little bit of work with her and then give her a break. But if you're doing the things that I said not to do, that's why she's doing that. Because just like with kids, you know, it's like, okay, it's time to go to kindergarten for the first time. And they put on the breaks. They're like, you know what? I'd rather just sit at home with you, Mom, and eat peanut butter and jelly and watch cartoons. Of course you would, because school is scary, and you're not, you are not—you don't know what to do. But listen, here's what we're doing, and you just go. You have to just go. Pull the Band-Aid off and just go. Um, the other so thing...
1: My problem isn't that she puts the brakes on. It's that she's pulling me to the point where yep. she's not quite dragging me, thanks to the uh yep. spring or summer, but but
2: close to dragging. So good. Ready? We'll switch gears. So we're going to do the exact opposite. So that's what I was saying before is your techniques may change depending on the dog that you're working with. So we're going to switch gears. So what I would do in that case, because there's always like, you know, you red light, green light on like different things with different dogs and different scenarios. So if she was put on the brakes, that's what we do. If she's put on the gas per se, this is what you would do. I, okay. Brigitte. Heel. One, two, three. She starts to get spooked. Oh, I don't know about this. Okay. Brigitte, break. And then maybe she pulls the end leash. Stop. Do the exact opposite. You stop. So she's trying to just get out of this scary tunnel, out of this scary zone. And you go, yeah. Brigitte, hey. So you're, so you're not. So here's what you're going to not say with your voice, but say with your body. Basically, you're like, hey, come here. Come here. Relax. Okay. Let's walk together. You're not going to say that, but what you're going to do is you're going to stop. She's going to hit the end of the leash. If you have a prong collar, she's going to turn around and go, what are we doing? What are we doing? What's going on? Why are we stopping? This is scary. Let's get out of here. And she may, but because the prong collar has that control and it gives you the ability to really maneuver in those scenarios with that power steering without choking her out or without you getting dragged down, you just say you literally, all right. So let's say 20, we'll say a 20 foot tunnel of scaffolding. Just make it easy. We walk yep. forward five feet. She starts to get nervous. Her ears go back. Boom. She hits the end of the leash. You stop. So now you're halfway. You're at 10 feet. You just start backpedaling. Working, walk walk backwards. Birgitta, come. So she, she, so then she's looking at maybe the other end of the tunnel as an, as an escape. So she comes to you. And then you turn around and you backpedal and go the other way. Birgitta, come. And you bring her back in. And now before you know it, you're working her in this scary tunnel. That she's in and you're working her here and then and then she starts to kind of calm down because I think dogs in these types of situations can get very fight or flight where they're like we got to get out of here we got to go to a safe place and within reason I find that to be okay within reason like if you're walking through an environment jackhammers sirens people yelling people screaming I'd say yeah let's just get out of here but it's momentary it's five seconds Right. But in situations where she's, you know, you're just walking under something that really nothing is going on. It's just different. She's going to go. We got to go. And I think if you just kind of like anchored yourself down and said, wait a minute, let's think about this. And you're kind of like, there's nothing going on here. So then you just have to get creative to work her through these environments. And pretty soon she's just standing next to you. She's panting. She's stressed. Right. And she's probably hot. But she's sitting there and she's like, (laughs) but she's not dragging you. And then you can say, Brigida, sit. She might slowly put her butt on the ground. She's looking left. She's looking right. She, Good sit. You offer a piece of food. She doesn't take it. She's too stressed. Okay. Right, Brigida, heal. You start moving forward. Okay, we're getting out. We're boom. Switch directions. Go the other way. So now you're making her work into this environment, and slowly you're desensitizing these things. And then you just so don't don't let her escape. If she starts to pull, anchor to yourself and make her go the. Other, yeah, I say make her, but you know, ask her to go the other way. Tell her to go the other way. You okay. go in the tunnel halfway. She gets starts to freak out. She wants to go out the other end. You backpedal her out the way you came in, and you just you hang out into that 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 area. Okay, that's what I would so, do. Okay, now is
1: there anything that we should do in terms of? training at your facility that would be helpful to yeah. her do you
2: think yeah i think what you know like i said my recommendation uh would be for you guys to maybe do some remote collar training uh which we could get done you know in our three-day program um board and board and train is kind of an overkill uh you wouldn't need board and train for that although you could if you wanted to um but the three-day program because she already has her foundation she could do that in that and we can introduce the e-collar for the times that you're you're in your upstate home. You just literally, you don't have to hook her up to leashes or anything. You just put a recall on in the morning. She's out. And the good thing about that is, is if you hear her barking or doing things that you find inappropriate or potentially dangerous for her and your Amazon drivers, you could correct <laughs> her, you know, you could correct her from inside with just a vibrate button. And so it just gives you a lot more freedom, but it is an advanced piece of technology and an advanced training. So you just right. need to introduce it correctly. And um, there is a, e-collar course that i created which you also might be interested in if you my out-of-state program right now is booked out until late fall so we do have an e-collar course that i've developed for this exact conversation of proper e-collar introduction Uh uh-huh
1: that sounds like a great idea
2: yeah And you can you can kind of go at your own pace and go back and it's yours forever. It's a course that you download, and um, and that you know we we literally created for this conversation. We got somebody that lives in the other end of the world or the end of the country, or whatever, and they want to do e-collar training. They're like, I'm going to do it because I need to do it, but I don't want to mess up and I don't want to do it wrong. I created that course. I've accumulated all of my years and experiences. We filmed for, like, I think 10 to 12 hours, and we put it into, like, a two-hour course, so it's got all the good stuff in it.
1: What what would you think would be better for us, uh, to do the three-day course or to to do this?
2: Well, I think uh, um, think if I were to pick, I would say the three-day because I would be able to get the dog and work with the dog and show you guys everything. But again, like, if you can't wait or – whatever then you can or you could do both i mean you could you could get the course because i think the course is like 199 or something so obviously very inexpensive compared to the three-day course but you'd get the you you could get the course and you can start it and if you feel like it's maybe not going as planned or you feel like you're still a little nervous about it then you could do both So there's the option because to be honest, like that's the other good thing about that course too, is it's a good preliminary. It's just education. You're paying for a book. Essentially you're paying for, I want to see just like it's any other schooling. I want to see how you do it. And then I'm going to go into actually doing it. So it's, I think it's good for you either way. So you know what it is, you know how it's used. Um, And then if you're like, yeah, I think I can do that. Do it. But if you feel like you can't, then come in or both.
1: Okay. And, and in terms of the course, the, um, the two-hour course, you explain what to buy? Yeah. To, like kind of a remote
2: company. Yeah, and um, I have my own remote caller with a company, Dogtra. Um, we've kind of po- uh, 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 combined forces at, uh, you know, we've collabed on a on – a, It's, it's my collar with them. So it's, it, that's pretty much what I'm demonstrating throughout the whole video. And it's a good collar for her. It's just a, it's a universal, like great collar, unless you get like a really tiny, small dog or something like that. It's a good collar for her.
1: Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. Right.
3: Anything else? Yeah. When, um, when she's walking the dog Mm -hmm. and it's a scary place, I understand that, but uh, should the dog be in a healing position when you're just walking down the road? Or should and not pulling you, being in front of you?
2: in uh just like r- without the scary distractions? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. we're
3: just for, out for a hike. High-
1: yeah,
2: it's a good quote.
3: Yeah, I had the feeling from watching the course when I was there, watching you teach Stephanie how to do it, that you always wanted to be looking forward and having a dog at your side, not in front of you.
2: So it's, yeah, it's a good question. And the, you know, training starts when you say it starts. So the answer is no, your dog doesn't always have to be next to you because I think that that's a little unrealistic and unfair for the dog's expectation, especially for a dog that isn't at a level of training that can do that because then you're really frustrated because the dog can't be successful and it's not good. But let's, like if I bring my dog out, like this morning I brought one of my client's dogs out and my personal dog. And my personal dog was off leash the whole time because I live in an an environment that I can control. I know my neighborhood. I know my dog. Um, But that's not realistic for most people. So let's say if I did put my dog on a leash and I was downtown, she can be in front of me as long as I let her be in front of me. She can pull, she can she can be a dog in front of me. But the moment I say Lakota heal, she's got to heal. So the training starts when, when you say it starts, it's when you apply your training. So for me, it's healing and breaking, healing and breaking, especially for my client's dog. I'd say, Oh, here's a distraction. Here's another dog. Here's a situation. Here's the elevator. Here's whatever. Brigitte heal. You get outside, sit, break, let her be a dog, let her go potty, let her sniff. And then if you want to put her back into a heel, you can. But realistically, the healing is predicated off of your skill sets and the dog skill sets of how long they're used to healing, what's fair for them, what's realistic for them. Uh, and, And as well as like what environments, you know, if she was just inside all night and she's outside, she's going to need some time to be a dog and be in front of you. And that's okay. But there's discretion to that. So you can't pull, you can't drag, you can't bark. But when you're on your break, you can pretty much do what you'd like. I always say it's like recess for kids. You just spent two hours, you know, studying math and algebra and whatever. And when you're in recess, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Scream, spit, kick a ball. But you can't take a brick and hit somebody over the head with it. So there's still rules and boundaries, but you kind of set those rules and boundaries depending on your environment and the type of dog you have. Okay.
3: Now when we're in the car, is there anything we could do
2: right now? Yeah, I would I would go get into the car today with the prong collar on, get in the back seat with her, and start working on that. Absolutely. I
1: mean, if
3: I were driving,
2: you could sit in the back yeah. seat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You just, you got to remember that, especially with her, she's a younger... German Shepherd that tends to be vocal, and she's in an environment that's very stimulating and very distracting, and so anything that she starts to go, ah, ah, right, like just like with kids, right, you get a little kid, we bring him to the park, and all of a sudden they start doing all this crazy stuff, and they're doing, you have to assertively go over and stop them, hey, you can't do that, what are you doing, and that's what you got to do with her, she just doesn't speak English, so you just use your equipment to, to communicate that. So bad, good, bad, good. That's it. Okay. Yeah.
3: Thanks. Now when people come over, can definitely try to do the correction when when she to at them or should do we have to keep her in another room?
2: No, I think you should do what we sp- oh. Yeah, we should Yeah, do what we talked about and uh, just
3: ask that question so she hears that. <laughs>
2: uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I like it. Yeah. I think you just, you get her out. And and again, it's it's the same thing. Look, you get, you get a dog out and your, your job is to teach that dog as the owner, what's appropriate behavior for you guys. And a lot of people have the same, you know, just like with kids, we have the same, like this, please. And thank you. And, you know, but if you get a kid that comes over with this glass and just starts going to almost dump it on somebody, you're going to go grab them really quick and you're going to stop them. You're gonna correct them you're gonna disrupt that you can't do that but 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 i i no 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 you can't do that right and with dogs it's the same way right somebody comes over ah ah barking what do we do they're here what do we do and then you just have to say hey you can't do that right and then when they calm down that's that's right that's what we do we put the sink we put the cup in the sink not over timmy's head that's the way that we do it right here's a lollipop go lay down So similar things. You just have to be very assertive with it and and be calm. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. You don't have to get worked up. Make sure you're calm and just very assertive. Leave it. Pop, pop. Leave it. Pop, pop. Good leave it. That's it.
1: One last thing. I I use a muzzle occasionally. I was trying to get her used to walking with a dog walker, and he's a a little nervous of her because she doesn't want to leave me to go with him. So I put the muzzle on, but it's, create a bump on her nose that goes away after a day or two, but I, I don't really want to continue using that particular muzzle if I need yeah. to use one. At all. So I didn't know if there's some other one that I should try instead.
2: Well, my, my recommendation is to just f- go to the core of the issue of like getting this guy more comfortable with her. And I, to be honest, I think what you should do is you should, are you, are you letting him come into the, to, to your home and then bringing her out?
1: Well, he was, she was so bad when he came in that it it was easier for me to, what I've been doing is going downstairs, I meet meet him outside, I walk with him into Central Park so she's past the part where she's the most fearful. And once we get to the bridal path, I hand over the leash and I kind of back off quickly.
2: Um, I I would say, yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I was going to suggest is you kind of just hand the leash off and you turn around and walk and then they go the other way. If there hasn't been any issues of her, like, getting upset with him, I would just try to do it without the muzzle if he's comfortable, honestly.
1: Well, I, I asked him the other day because I thought it would be okay at this point. She's used to him, but um, we've been doing this for a couple months. Um, he's still a little nervous, so he wanted the muzzle still on. Sure.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like the Baskerville, which I think is the one you have. Um, is that the one you have? Yeah.
1: I, I wrote it down. It was an Italian one. Sorry. It's in here someplace.
2: Italian. Oh, here. Yeah, go it's ahead.
1: It's leather, leather Brothers Italian Basket Dog Muzzle.
2: Leather. Let me brothers. look it up. Ooh, let me look it up.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. I know which one. Uh, is it like? Is it like a tan?
1: Well, it comes in tan, but it it also comes in black, which was what I bought. Yeah, I can show. Okay, sure. Let's
2: see, it's this. Oh uh, okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty much like the one I would recommend. I would. Um, you could get, again, get creative. If you want to like get some felt or some material, some cushion, and super glue it on the top so it doesn't rub on the um, on the leather there, that might be helpful. And
1: there's this piece. I don't know what this piece is for. There's this piece that slides back and forth. I have no idea what
2: you think. That's the circuit. that's the irritating piece.
1: It might be, but then it's like hinged on with these little metal pieces, so I, I was afraid to cut it. Because I thought, well, maybe the the leather would make it. You know, the um, the
2: yeah. I would I would cut it. I would cut it. I mean, she's not. She, you know, this is a dog that you're putting this muzzle on for your dog walker. She's not going to attack this guy. She's not going to bite this guy. So I would just cut would, it if it's if it makes it more comfortable for her.
1: Okay. And I, maybe I can put something even attach it to that movable piece. I I'll, I'll work on it.
2: Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't stress over that. I would just cut it.
1: Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Thank you. I think that's it. No, you don't have
2: you any have, other. No. no. I'm good, Tom. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Good luck. <laughs>
2: Thanks. Nice to see you. Bye bye.
1: We'll, we'll probably see you again.
2: Okay. Sounds good. Bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast, which means I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. If you want me to answer your dog training questions, all you have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart leave your dog training questions in there, and I'll answer them on the podcast. Lauren and Gunner. Very insightful five-star review. Thank you so much. I love your podcast and YouTube videos. They're very informative, and you do an amazing job explaining the why behind your instructions. My question is, is we have a two-year-old shepherd, Pitbull Mix, rescue dog about four months ago. We put him into training two months after we got him to let him decompress, and he's been great. Has great obedience, great recall, etc. but he has some severe separation anxiety. We tried to leave him in the house, and he poops on the floor and clearly paces the entire time, because when we get back, he's panting and he's exhausted. When we get him, when we get home, <clears throat> excuse me. So we've been crate training him, and he soaked up so much. He's so sorry. So we've been crate training him, and he gnaws at the crate and pants so much that he soaked when we get home. We've been doing random times, and he goes in there and been laying in there. Um, we've noticed that he seems to mo- more associate us with feeding leaving. So we've changed up the feeding. So there's no conditioning going on. Um, he also looks super nervous and anxious around mealtime. For some reason, all of a sudden, I'm not sure what to do now. I'm trying to avoid medication since he's 98% amazing. But these are the things that we're having a hard time with. I would say in situations like this, Lauren, um, medication, there's so many, ooh, there's so much medication out there. It's just a hard rabbit hole to go down to, to see how your dog reacts to it, you know, the type of medication, but in situations like this, it's not always a terrible thing that, um, you know, your dog could be t- potentially medicated because they they really have some anxious issues because of their past or their past experiences. So, um, don't think about medication as like a terrible thing for dogs like this. Uh, terrible medication is for dogs who just aren't trained and aren't listening. And then people want to you know, stuff them full medication. That's not good. That's not good. Um, but, um, yeah, so there's that. The other thing is, you know, I think you're doing all the right things as far as, uh, desensitizing the leaving and randomizing the patterns, um, but your relationship too. So I would just turn the love down, turn the leadership up, um, do a really good job about, making sure that you guys are just giving him as much confidence as you can. with training and mental and physical exercise are obviously really big with anxiety as well, but it sounds like you're doing everything right. You're leaving at random times. You're coming back at random times. Um, so there's that, but You know, I think also too, you you could try different uh, opportunities or different ways to contain him. So maybe try something different than the crate um, and try to really isolate. Is it when you leave or is it when he's in the crate and you leave? I would start there to see if that's the case and then try to do the best you can to get creative to see if you can get him into different environments or different situations like an X-pen or maybe just in a room to see how he does and just keep switching it up. I would just be really creative and switch things up as you go. But anyway, all right. Easy digestible information. Next one from Lake oh, Linish. Five-star review. Thankful Tom and his team for providing content through so many different avenues because I can never seem to get enough of it. And I'm constantly jumping from the No Bad Dogs YouTube to the podcast, to the blog posts, etc. Thank you for all the free, incredible, valuable information you provide. Well, thank you for being such an avid fan. My question is, When having two dogs in a household that you plan to train at a pretty high level, would you suggest using different words for each dog? Or is it okay to use the same ones for both dogs if you have clear communication to them? Uh, Thank you for taking the time out to answer my question and all that fun stuff. So the answer is yes. I mean, I just sent a dog home today, Miss Penny. For those of you who didn't watch my Instagram stories or see it on my Instagram, Miss Penny was a small, young dachshund Cute little blonde, long haired dachshund. Actually, one of the New York Yankees dogs, Aaron Judge, and now I'm a Yankees fan, so that's fun. (laughs) She went home today. She was a beautiful dog, but I was out working with her and my dog, Lakota. Lakota responds to three different languages, as some of you may know French, German, and English. And when I was out with her, I went over on my Instagram, I actually posted on my grid that this is why I use three different languages with my dogs, is because when I'm training with a client's dog, I can change them up so you don't have to because you would say their name and then the behavior if they spoke different or if they spoke the same language or responded to the same languages but you can do it either way you can do different languages or you could go Fido down Bailey down Fido sit Bailey place and you could do it that way as well I think both of them or either of them would take the equal amount of time to, to work on. So yeah, good question. Next one. Best dog trainer out there. Five-star review from East Mew. Thank you so much for saying that. Appreciate it. I love the podcast and the YouTube videos. Tom has the best content available. I recently adopted two-year-old pit bull terrier from a local shelter and have encountered a number of behavioral issues. With Tom's videos, we've been able to work through most of them one question i had is her prey drive is intense on her walk she seems small she sees small dogs and stops walking immediately and goes into stalking position and gets low to the ground walks slowly towards them and drops down she doesn't lunge bark or anything she just stares very intensely and refuses to stop moving i've tried redirecting her retreats walk different directions correcting with the prong but once she sees the dog it's hard to regain her focus until she passes any tips uh yeah i mean that makes sense Pipple terriers are like that uh, there's a very high likelihood that she doesn't like other dogs Or she possesses them or she preys on them, um, which doesn't mean that she may not like them. She may just want to play with them in a bad way. Anyway, um, I would do like a lot of directional changes. So, say you're walking straight and the dog that your dog is starting to prey in is also in front of you. Backpedal, go the other way. Um, The other thing you can do is try to outlet this behavior with a ball or a um, or, a, or our tug toy. Um, I'll leave, I'm just writing this down. I'll leave a uh, creature is a video that I did, um, on my YouTube channel. It's one of the most intense terrier uh, reactivities I've worked with. I'll leave that in the description below. You can check that out. That's a great video for you to see. It's your dog, essentially, literally it's your dog. It's what we did. Um, yeah, that's what I would recommend: is just outlet it to yourself to say, "Hey, pay attention to this," and said squeaker toy, something like that. Um, hopefully, that helps. And then we get a two-star review, which is one of the one one I think the only two-star review I've had from Ty Wessa. And this is, you know, I, I like to talk about this in the other podcasts. Uh, it did make my rating go from four point nine to four point eight, which kind of sucks. But um, anyway, I wouldn't I wouldn't give this show only. I would have given this show only a one star after you lost me at Prong collar. I choose to give it two stars instead to count for the fact that there's a lot of work that goes into making a podcast. I wanted to see if I could possibly learn that a person could hope to get usable training advice from a distance, given one of the dog given on a dog that the trainer has never seen. I was disappointed. So, hey, uh thanks for the feedback. Um it's unfortunate that things like this happen. It's like it's like, hey, I know that you put a lot of work into this. I was recommended your podcast because it's a big podcast on my platform unless it wouldn't have been on your page. And um, we give a two-star review because we mentioned prong caller on the podcast, which meh, it happens. That's why... Uh The internet's the internet. But with that being said, it did drop my points down. Unfortunately, I'd I'd love for you guys that you guys support the podcast to get me back up to 4.9 if you want, you know, love you guys so much. Um, Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you hopefully on Wednesday. I'm actually going to Nantucket, which is an island outside of Martha's Vineyard, which I've never been. We're excited. It's a first family trip. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Tom Davis to watch all hopefully the lobster rolls I get to eat. Anyway, love you guys. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye.